0: Welcome to the Young Adult Ministry Podcast. The
1: Yeah. Where we discuss everything you need to know and perhaps some things you don't about how to fail forward in Young Adult Ministry. These monthly podcasts discuss culture topics, interview guests,
2: cover books, and rift on anything else that we feel like is relevant.
0: Hello, my name is Kenny. I live in the Boise, Idaho area where I'm the volunteer director with my local
1: church young adult ministry. And I'm Chris in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm on staff with the University Christian Fellowship as a church engagement catalyst and the National Coordinator for Campus Mission, which is an outreach of the Church of the Nazarene to college and university students.
2: And I'm Jeremy in Nashville, Tennessee, where I serve as the university pastor and community engagement pastor at Tribeca Community Church and and here we go here we go here we go hello and welcome back to the yam cast the young adult ministry podcast with me jeremy height chris bean and kenny wade in this special christmas edition uh we're wearing christmas sweaters here and uh my associates are much cooler uh polar espresso with coffee on it a baby yoda uh mandalorian themed one with mr wade and and mine i've been told by kenny makes me just look like a bond villain in with you're not video. a bond villain. Yeah. i
0: didn't say a bond villain i said it's a classy sweater and you could be on skis in a bond movie
2: i think that makes me the bond i mean or, or it makes me bond i'll take that either way
0: you're probably gonna die but you're still in the movie
2: yes and that's the great Christmas content that you're here for, as a listener on the young adult ministry podcast. This Christmas 2022 episode, um, and I'm excited for us to be able to have an opportunity to connect before the end of the year. Uh, Chris, good to see you. What are we talking about today?
1: Yeah, I thought it would be great today if we focus in a little bit on 2022. Let's think about the year, how we've each engaged with, uh, you know, college and young adult ministry. Um, maybe you know pick out some highlights what's what sticks out as like you know an experience or a program or event or a you know some sort of uh, engagement with young adults. Um trauma does a yeah. trauma qualify? What do you think? uh certainly, certainly. Trauma has <laughs> significant uh, possibilities for shaping you and helping you grow. So highlight for me. Now, interestingly, I have, you know, my role with InterVarsity and with the Nazarene denomination has kind of shifted, sort of. Um, So I'm no longer kind of on the ground in the trenches of campus ministry, as I used to be at the University of Cincinnati. I still spend a couple of days a week hanging out with students in a coffee space, basically. But um, more of my time and work now is spent with churches and leaders talking about how they might engage Um, but locally I've definitely had, uh, some opportunities with my own church, my own young adult kind of ministry involvement. Um, and what's been interesting, this is cheating a little bit, I guess, but I'm not going to point to a specific event or thing or program or moment necessarily, but it's been interesting as I look over a year's worth of time now with a, a, it's basically a Sunday school class that we call home base. And the idea is that college students always need a home base they always need a place to come back to to feel like this is where I fit where I belong where I connect as they're you know either off away at school and coming up back occasionally or you know definitely the, the 18 to 25 year olds that we have that are either going to school locally or they're working part-time and school part-time or any combination of demographic kind of things. so I'm I'm just excited that over a year I'm noticing some significant um depth in the community and the relationships that's happened with that group and there's basically we have anywhere from 10 to 20 on a regular basis that gather with us on sunday mornings and once a month i take turns being one of the facilitators for conversation and discussion with them um but what i'm noticing is just a year's worth of you know there's three or four of us who are leaders who are really i say facilitators I think we're trying not to have any one person be like, this is my ministry, or this is, I'm their pastor, or I'm this or that. Um, now, a lot of churches do have that person if they're fortunate, like a young adult pastor, like somebody in our midst here. Um, but a lot of churches don't have that. They don't have someone on staff paid, you know, full time or even part time to do this. So it's kind of cool that we have this ragtag bunch of people who are pouring into these young adults. And to just notice that after a year's worth of time of just being consistent, being present, like not giving up on it. And I feel like sometimes young adult ministry, it's hard because you try to plan something and do something and then not many people show up or whatever. It's just easy to be like, oh, that didn't work. Let's we won't do that. Um, But just to be faithful and consistent. um, And over time, I've just seen a lot of growth. In the relational depth, the community that's happening amongst our this particular group of young adults. So this is really geared towards the younger edge. So it's we're we're really focused on, you know, the first five years out of the youth ministry in high school. Um, let's really pour into this group and make see if we can help them stay connected to church, because sixty uh, six percent is still the statistic of of church kids that are leaving during this season of. Post high school life. So, anyway, we really want to do everything we can to drop that percentage and see fewer and fewer um, of the students that we invest in, you know, walk away from church at this point. Um, Of course, we also want to be evangelistic. There's lots of young adults who are not part of the church that we can also reach. Um, And I'm excited about my future highlight when we have this conversation in 23. I'm excited about. Uh, the highlight I'm projecting already for that, that has to do with evangelism. But anyway, that's what I would share at this point. So let me just summarize what I'm saying here. Um, I, the thing I'm excited about is when I look p- back at 2022 for our own local young adult ministry, I think if you're consistent, if you provide consistent opportunities for young adults to gather outside of church, if you're reaching out and improving the communications, basically, amongst these young adults. I really think you can notice an increase in the depth of community that they experience, the level to which they're willing to engage each other outside of normal church hours, so to speak. Um, I've just been excited to watch that happen as we've been more intentional from a leadership standpoint.
0: Highlights for me locally would be just seeing young adults connect as we create connection points, like on Sunday morning seeing young adults probably, I mean, I've seen them grow up going to church together, but then really getting to know each other informally and then seeing different groupings of young adults go do stuff together on their own because they met at church and then hearing about it later. I think that's cool. District wise, we're trying to get some momentum going with, in my volunteer role there, um, just inviting young adults to different types of events that are already happening uh, on the district. But there's conversation underway, partnering with NNU and doing maybe a spring retreat. We'll we'll see. There's some complications with timing and, and then you. But those connection points locally, the collaboration that's happening, conversations happening there. From a shepherd standpoint with like my work, um, a highlight has been, I mean, recruiting. We're We have like 18 or 19 people in the pipeline right now. And we need 20 to 25 for the summer. I'm really excited. And we still got Urbana that I told Alan is like, that's like when somebody gives a $3 million gift at the end of the year and you can't count it in next year's budget and you have no idea what you're going to do with it yet. Like we don't know what's going to come for recruiting out of Urbana for Shepard with interns and fellows. But I'm excited about the recruiting. Two untraditional recruiting things that are highlights for me is one, there's a girl that's gone to, I think it's Illinois State university she applied because she volunteered at shepherd two years ago got a sticker put it on her laptop and when she was praying about where she should serve for the summer she saw the shepherd sticker and applied went on the website found where the application's at and applied and i thought you hmm. can't i mean that's why you do stickers but you can't plan for that like you just that's why you hand out stickers and you can't hand out stickers at urbana so we can't rely on that yeah it's it's unfortunate. Um, and then Bethany that's at Shepherd, I did a podcast interview with with her just recently. Um, she applied because she helped me set up a labyrinth, a prayer labyrinth that she was going to walk through with a summer ministry team. And we were just sharing life and story together. And um, she applied out of that conversation and having coffee because I found out she wasn't sure what she was doing after she was graduating. And then on a personal kind of highlight for the year. Um, it has been a privilege to have the opportunity to speak in chapel at Northwest Nazarene University in October. I got to speak at America in November, and Eric invited me to speak at Trevecca, uh February 23rd. Bow, 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 bow. There you go. Um, and man, that's humbling. It's terrifying for me. I feel a real responsibility there, and I keep taking the core. And well-deserved core I keep taking the core passage well Jeremy well I mean I mean wait till February 23rd I keep taking the core passage um out of Mark and um just kind of coming out it different ways as I've been sharing in chapels. kind of been my tactic with that but so those have been some local some work highlights some districts some local highlights or some shepherd highlights and then some just personal professional kind of ones of of the journey this year
2: for me, one of the biggest highlights of this year has been something, um, it is, I'll explain what the ministry is, and then I'll go and uh, explain a little bit more about why it's been such a big highlight for me. Uh, it is a um, monthly event that we've had called Rebecca's House, which, so I'm here at Tribeca Nazarene University, at Trebecca Community Church, and Trevecca means House of Rebecca, And we had a member of our church, who is also a resident director on campus, who had been doing research over the summer about uh, food security, or the lack thereof of college students on campuses, especially ones who have large commuter populations like ours does, and uh, he really had a burning passion develop to help provide opportunities for students to be able to have enough calories um, and, but to do something that was not sterile and transactional, like um, something that was a little bit more relational than your stereotypical food pantry. And so we came up with something called Rebecca's House, trying to come up with a term that was a little bit more um, relational. And once a month, we started it this fall semester, We right before all the major breaks, fall break, Thanksgiving break, and we just did the one before Christmas break. Uh, we uh, set up an area in our church lobby, promoted on campus for students, and they can come and select food items. And we've done a some type of social activity or fellowship thing, so that it is also a, like, you can come and hang out whether or not you get groceries, but to make it something that's more than just selecting groceries. So this last one, we had Christmas cookies for people to uh, decorate. We've done painting pumpkins. We, right before Thanksgiving, had several demos of appetizers that were super simple to make. So it's like if you're getting invited to a holiday meal and you need to bring something, you go buy grapes, Heath bars, and caramel dip. Take the grapes, dip them in the caramel dip, crush the Heath bars, dip it in that, and you make a bunch of those. And so that we had them there to, to eat. We had the recipes. And then we had um, we had uh, some of the items available for them to select. And we've had a lot more people come than we had expected or hoped for. Um, and maybe the most beautiful thing, we've had a lot more, we, we ha- have a membership with the local food bank that we use for some of our other outreach ministries and um, we're able to get items and so we've just been able to at no extra cost be able to just go more often and get more items for students to be able to have a a selection of things but then the generosity of members of our church um, members of the retired community in our church and um, there's a rehabilitation center here on campus, a uh, rehab center. And one of our church members who's there went and advocated for the staff to collect items um, of the rehab center to collect items to donate for the college students. And so he went and made us made like a flyer for them to hand out amongst the staff. And they donated a box of of food to be able to help with that. It's just been like the generosity of people, the response from students, um, a lot who, Especially commuter population, that food insecurity would not be is not as visible as uh, somebody who's living on campus, Um, and it's just been absolutely beautiful. It's been probably my favorite thing that I've gotten to be a part of, um, to be able to attempt to do something that meets a real tangible need and to do so in a way that is hopefully uh, empowering. And so we've had students who have come and donated items. As they've also come to select items, we've had students volunteer to come and be kind of like um, hosts, uh, kind of be the explain how stuff works. The way that we do it is you can pick X number of items, but then there's this table, extra table, and that doesn't count. You can get whatever you want off that um, to try to make sure that we have enough for everybody, but for you to be able to get as much as you need. Um, It's been really, really beautiful and um, really well received. I just I spent half my day yesterday cleaning my office because it had uh, my senior pastor said uh, jeremy your your office has basically just become a distribution center um because I'd get stuff and if I'm not it just would be piling in my office because it's a new thing. We didn't really have any so I'm trying to find space to store stuff as we're collecting donations um it's been it's been really cool. Uh, maybe one other thing we can talk about and 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 I can start with this is um Uh, something that we've learned in 2022. Uh, So those are highlights of things and obviously lessons learned in that. But um, I think for me, one of the biggest lessons, and it's a little bit separate, but I've just been amazed, but not surprised by the generosity of people. It's just been humbling. Um, But I think maybe the the biggest lesson that at least applies to my local context is um, serving as a college pastor, but also having young adults in our church, trying to figure out how do we, Connect and provide fellowship opportunities, discipleship opportunities for people across the spectrum of like 18 to 30. Um, and having, you know, as a church on a college campus, there's all those dynamics of students that are here just during the school year, students who are here during breaks because they grew up here, but they're not here for most of the year. And finding this rhythm of, for different seasons of life, having different discipleship opportunities. So I, lead a college Sunday school class. But we also have some young adult small groups that have started from lay leaders in the church that meet on a weekly or a consistent basis. And having that be a little bit more, not age specific, maybe season of life specific um, has helped be um, the glue that's held those groups together. But then when we've done social events, so a couple days after recording this, Podcast, um, we have a young adult Christmas party for our church, and that'll be everybody college age up to 30 ish. And those social events have gone really well. One, it, uh, you know, ha- want to be able to have some kind of critical mass for events. Expanding the age range makes the critical mass a little bit easier to hit, but then it does give opportunities for some of our 18, 19 year olds who by virtue of what they do during the week, during the school year, uh, during a Sunday, and our 29, 28-year-olds who are not, you know, significantly older, but have lived enough of adulthood to have some wisdom um, to provide those intersection points for them to spend time together that it might not work great, um, depending on how, I know some discipleship groups are able to pull it off well. We hadn't been able to figure out how to do that where, you could cover stuff that applied to everybody, you know, right? Like talking about the realities of what's happening on the college campus here doesn't fully connect with then the 28 and 29 year olds who um, are married, maybe have a kid or two, Um, but having social events where it's um, different environments has been, it's been a great rhythm. So we did events throughout the summer that were young adult, 18 to 30, but then our discipleship opportunities being slightly more, season of life specific has seemed to be a good rhythm to get people more deeply engaged and allow for people to connect with people slightly different ages uh, than them at the social events. So that's been, I think maybe the biggest lesson learned, and it just kind of like a got to the middle of the summer and was like, wait a minute, this is what we're doing. This seems to be working and trying to be then intentional about it and seeing more fruit from it throughout the second half of 2022. Um, Might be context specific. It might just be season of the life at the church specific but at least right now it seems to be a good rhythm for us. So that's probably the biggest lesson I've learned this year. What about you Kenny?
0: Yeah, I think availability has been an emerging theme for me of of like practicing it and prioritizing it. A lot of times when I go on like a recruiting trip, I'll try to like meet with as many people as I possibly can and go to three different places, you know, and maybe one is a two hour drive away. And I try to leverage time and space, but what I'm, what I've found is just because I'm meeting with lots of people and just because I'm have a, you know, a full schedule. Um, I, I didn't like the way that I've felt when I've done that. And I, and I didn't like the way I felt like I was always needing to produce something instead of just being available to what might emerge and what God might bring out of the time and the space. And so I've tried to create more margin in not only a travel schedule and a recruiting schedule, for just and and even in preparing to speak to not over prepare but to leave margin and space and let the spirit kind of emerge. Um, lots of time and space locally as a volunteer with with church um, and availability to people. At Shepherd, whether it's staff or interns and fellows, to have conversation, um, and then even yesterday, a district, uh, our district and YI president, we we've been trying to get together for lunch. And I went to the restaurant, and then he got called into a meeting, and he couldn't be there. And so um, it was—I mean, it was a it was a bummer, but I've got availability, I've got flexibility. I can I want to leverage that. and so I went and had lunch, and I went and listened to a book before my next scheduled thing and and just took some time and walked around a little bit and just had space. So trying to practice availability in my everyday life and with my family, when the young adult ministry conversations that I'm in when I'm I'm recruiting and the importance of that and how I feel and how I interact with people um, is shaped by a ministry of availability.
2: And the question that everyone is wondering, Kenny, is what was the book you were listening to? What do, what, is, what is Kenny Wade learning from right now?
0: I have to look it up because I, I just started listening to it. And this was actually recommended to me by the chaplain at the College of Idaho that he's reading through with some of the students that it's called I Never Thought of It That Way by Monica Guzman, How to Have Fearless, Curious Conversations in Dangerously Divided Times. Yeah. Let me, let me cap off my availability thing with this. Um, Northwest Nazarene university. It's just across town for me. And every time I go there, I feel like I need to be in recruiting mode. And so I'm commodifying at worst I'm commodifying, but there's an availability yeah. to the goals that we have too. It's just, I don't have to force them. I don't have to produce them. Sometimes I can wait on them and wait on God in the midst of them. Um And so I thought, I just, I need to be in the practice of reading. So Monday, I just went over to NNU. I took some books with me that I've been wanting to get into. I tried to read a chapter in each one, had a few bathroom breaks, got some lunch, had some coffee, and I bumped into people, you know, some that are on U staff, some that I've been having conversations with, some of that I'm related to. I've got nieces and nephews that that go to school there. And I was just around. I was just available. I wasn't doing anything Particularly, I wasn't trying to produce something other than reading for my own personal professional kind of edification, but it, dude, it just felt so good. It just, and this, it was snow was coming down. I posted a little reel on my Instagram about it. It was just really peaceful. And just, I was like, I, why am I not doing this more often? Why am I just being more available to this it really is a discipline and I feel like every area that God's leading and calling me into of any age group intergenerationally. Is benefits from me choosing to be available in those ways. At least hopefully I'm just a a better person and follower of Jesus because of it. And then it's impacting people. But anyway, try to read more, be available to read more as well.
1: Chris, learns learnings, cleanings. I didn't have anything in mind actually until you were just saying that. And it reminds me of why I go hiking every year of why I try to get into rhythms of, sabbath and rest and things like that and um i've I've been listening in quite a bit to pete scazzaro's emotional healthy discipleship stuff stuff um i don't know if he said it or somebody else said it but something about doing ministry at the speed of jesus or doing ministry at the speed of relationship basically yeah. 3 miles per hour ministry. I mean it's interesting mm-hmm. to think Jesus never went faster than 3 miles per hour in his life. Unless he was running, he could probably get up to 12 or 15 maybe. I mean he's Jesus maybe 20. Um but you know <laughs> just interesting to think um and what you were saying to me connects. And it's like the it's like the analogy of, you know, put them when the airplane hits turbulence and there's problems, put your oxygen mask on first. So yeah you know, before you can help your child or anyone else. Um, And we can say that and talk about self-care and this and that. But I mean, really to be emotionally healthy and godly and spiritually competent and growing and and whatever, I mean, it really does take an emphasis on this and choosing a different way to be um, spiritually healthy and available to people. Um, and I think it's just, it's just a myth to think, you know, productivity is the goal. Um, when depth or, you know, health, I mean, what we have ultimately to offer young adults in this context of conversation is, is someone who is listening to the spirit and, um, taking time to reflect and to know the right questions to ask someone um, and those kinds of things and that's better than how many appointments can I squeeze into a day or how many events can we pull off this month or how can we make the church or the lead pastor think we're doing a good job or you know some of those kind of questions that often press us in ministry environments so um I don't want to act as if I learned that lesson this year. That's a lesson I continually am mm. trying to learn. Like me staying healthy, spiritually, emotionally, physically, all that—that that is just is that's critical, um, and it's more critical than looking productive or looking successful or looking effective. Um, and sometimes I'm more driven by that because I want to be perceived as great excellent as impressive as a guru as a what a resource that people can really count on or trust or whatever there's lots of other things driving in the way i spend my time so i think that just i mean that's kind of a blanket statement that could apply to anyone in life and ministry or whatever is just prioritize the contemplative the contemplative um slowing down um yeah and people get nervous about they think slowing down equals laziness um it's hard work and it's it's hard it's hard to slow down and to be thoughtful about your relationship with christ and whether or not you really are intimate with the father and with the spirit and with christ um, or whether you're just putting on a good show
2: Mm. yeah and i think one of the best books that i've read this year if someone chris that kind of nails on that that I, if any if anyone's looking to kind of take a step in that direction of what you just talked about is the ruthless elimination of hurry by john mark comer and i think he quotes Pete Scazzaro in his book about that uh, speed of jesus one of the quotes that he does have that's his in the book or that's john mark's in the book that's been um working on me since i read it a few months ago is uh, that we he said i came to the realization that i could be successful in ministry and fail as an apprentice of jesus Mm. Uh, because he he was not he was doing all the things to be successful by by metrics and measurements of uh, kind of church society or just society in general but was not investing in his relation his personal relationship with Jesus. Like I wrote it down what you just said, Chris, that what the what we truly have to offer to someone um is being someone who is listening to and in tune with the
1: Holy Spirit. Like
2: that's mm-hmm. that's good.
1: That book really is excellent. And you know, as a Dallas Willard fan, as a fan of you know, some other folks that that John Mark Comer basically kind of channels in that book, um, I think that's a great that is such a good book. He's he, uh, I mean, he makes a lot of those. Not everybody's going to go read Dallas Willard and just soak it yeah. in, but when you read Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by Comer, I mean, it really is a, an aha moment. I think in in many ways. So I double that recommendation for sure.
0: I was so. reflecting recently again on just how important. Physical exertion is for me for my mental and emotional and spiritual well-being, and I think I was on like a little walk or whatever, and and uh, I I wondered, I wonder how many steps a day on average Jesus took, because we know he's walking everywhere, and so I looked it up, and you guys fact check me on this, but the they they estimate that in Jesus's day people walked g and that Jesus himself walked between about thirty two. Kilometers, about twenty miles a day, which I usually half of that is usually the mileage, just a rough estimate. But Jesus was a fit dude because he had to walk everywhere; he didn't have cars, you know, rideshare, trains, and planes and stuff. But that the walking at the speed of Jesus—it was so much walking with people. And if I really want to get to know a college student when I'm on campus with them, I ask to go for a walk. I have a different conversation when I'm on a walk than I do over coffee or, um, or sitting across a table. Um, I mean, we, we, Chris, you, I'm pretty sure we talked about that in the last conversation about your adventures on the AT.
1: I think one of the it, best things you can do for your church folks too, is to walk a campus, a college campus. Mm-hmm, like if you're yeah. your church really engaged with young adults or college students specifically, um, prayer walk at a nearby campus. Um not everybody's this And you have resources. Jeremy is, but um yeah, I and I think yeah, walking a campus gives you insight into the life of that campus and what's happening. Back when I was running marathons, I loved experiencing a city through a marathon. So basically running, jogging, sometimes walking, you know, through the streets of the city was always an interesting way to experience. I remember the first, I did a marathon in Kansas City, and I thought, I've been to Kansas City a lot of times, but I've never seen parts of the city that I saw. Hmm. So anyway, that just occurred to me that sometimes walking, really physically immersing yourself and pushing yourself, uh, for those into Stoic philosophy, not that I'm promoting that, but um, Daily Stoic just had a reading today that was talking about, you know, doing hard things, that doing hard things physically is good for your mind um, and has Hmm. a lot physical benefits um but anyway could we each
0: um recap what our what our learning was from the year in in a word or a phrase so mine's availability
1: i'd say my learning uh you could sum up by saying slow down i
2: think the lesson i've learned 2022 is realizing how contextual discipleship is Hmm. Well.
0: Are we going to put a bow on this thing, wrap it up, put it under the tree for 2022? I think that sounds good.
2: Yeah. No. I think that we could we could summarize everything that we've learned and highlighted in 2022 in four phrases. Jeremy,
1: lay it on us. Take a note.
2: Well, maybe you guys can help me. Maybe Kenny, you can go first, Chris. Maybe you can go second. I'll go third, and then maybe Kenny, you can reach you can wrap us up. We could try
0: to do that. I mean, we'd be shooting from the hip, but until next time, keep failing forward. Be present and be teachable. Merry Christmas.